It, uh, it is such an honor to be a part of a church that keeps equipping leaders, and an opportunity like that for Greg after all the incredibly hard work that he's done to be honored uh, for what he has done as far as being ordained, and it's just great. And I love that the church family can be a part of that. So just one more time, give it up for Mr. Greg Anderson. He doesn't... Uh, it's, it's true, like Mike had mentioned, probably if you're visiting today, it kind of throws you off to see the big red stage. Uh, get used to it. We're going to add some hydraulics and get the disco ball going. So anyway, it's not uh, always quite this one, but you're probably wondering what's going on. And so this is so cool. So today at 4 o'clock, uh, we have an event here uh, called Coco Couture, okay? I know I probably butched that in Kentucky. It's Coco Couture. So anyway, that's Coco Couture. And uh, it is uh, going to be for a fundraiser for the Down Syndrome uh, Ministry. And here's what I love is they're going to be modeling. So Hannah's one of our models that's going to come out. So come at 4 o'clock. Let's give it up for that whole ministry. So anyway, they're going to be here today at 4 o'clock. And uh, we just can't wait to see how God's going to work in amazing ways through that. We're going to talk today about something that all of us need. And that is rest. How many of you right now are already looking forward to a nap? Am I the only one? So this is a good time. Got a good half hour here to shut her down. So anyway, we're going to get into that. And our text today is Mark 2, 27 and 28. Let's all stand up for the reading of God's word. Mark 2, verse 27, 28. It's right here behind me. Here we go. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know how frustrating sometimes life is and how life just has a way of just uh, adding so much stress and anxiety. And so when we hear about rest, for some of us right now, we can't even imagine what rest would be like. And Lord, we know that this is not a suggestion. You've wired us for the need to rest and to reflect. And so that's what we're going to get into today, Lord. I pray that you'll bless every word and that every word will be lifted up to bring glory to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So first of all, when you hear the word Sabbath, I don't know what you think, uh, but it's a Hebrew word and it simply means Shabbat or day of rest. And uh, I've grown up in a farmer's family. Uh, my wife is a farmer's daughter. So I know, for example, and a lot of you that plant and garden, you know this too, that even soil needs rest. We all know that, how important it is. So when you're in a farmer's family, you hear about the importance of crop rotation and fallaway ground, uh, ground that is intentionally left unplanted for a while so that it can be nourished and come back stronger when you decide to plant. We know that. Everything in creation points us towards a Sabbath. And your question may be, yeah, but that sounds really Old Testament, the Sabbath. I mean, does that even apply to us today? Well, let's see if it does apply. So do you think right now in your life you need regular rest? How many think you need that? Well, if you don't, you do, okay? You do. And if you don't think you do, ask the person closest to you. They'll say, yeah, go take a nap. Do something. We all know. But the serious thing is, so many of us, we don't even know how to do the anxiety and stress to find rest. Maybe some of you are feeling like this bulldog. I found a few pics of him, kind of like this, uh, this poor guy. I would say mentally, I'm not well. Physically, no. I love this last picture. Spiritually, 
<laughs> no. Can you relate to that, anyone? You had a week like that, like it's just beating you down? Well, that's what today's all about, to say, hey, God knows that. There's a poem called The First Fig. It was written in the 1920s by Edna St. Vincent Millay, and here's what she said, and you've heard this phrase. This is why I'm sharing it with you. My candle burns at both ends. It will not last all night, but all my foes and all my friends, it gives a lovely light. I just have to disagree. There's really nothing lovely about burning the candle at both ends because eventually you'll burn out. And when you burn out, it's not lovely at all. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're going through it right now. Even coming this morning was rough because there's so many things on your plate. Your time management right now in your life is like your Thanksgiving plate. You know, if you're like us, you get the secured plate and it's bending over. And maybe that's what your life feels like right now. You got all this stuff going on. And uh, raise your hand if you cannot say no. Go ahead and raise your hand so you feel bad about it. Okay, good. The rest of you, you need to know you probably have a problem too. If somebody asks you to do something, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And then you say yes about the 17th time and you get off the phone and you're almost mad at the person and you could have just said what? No, we can't do that. Matter of fact, you all feel good on the count of three. Let's say it together, no. One, two, three. No. Now that felt good, didn't it? Just go home. No, yeah, good job, no. <laughs> Burning the candle on both. Now here's the results of that. A couple of, uh, I did some digging on this. This comes from the uh, Apollo Technical Company. This is 2022. Uh, this is what they're predicting. 77% of employees now are claiming that they are burnt out. 83% of those say that it is affecting their relationships. And 25% of those that are burnt out said they use very little of their vacation time. Uh, I shared this first service uh, but this was a conversation I had a few years ago uh, with another minister. So you can always have these kind of conversations with people who are in the same line of work as you. So ministers can say this to other ministers. But he was bragging about, I never take a vacation. I haven't taken a vacation in six years. And I said, lovingly, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, think of what you're doing to your family. Like, were you trying to be a hero? Like, you think that's being a hero? Because that's not being a hero. And I think of how many people almost feel guilty to take time away. Folks, you need time away. You need to recharge your batteries. You all know this scripture. You've heard it time and time again. He says, be still and know that I am what? God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on earth. That's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to talk about and focus on two things in regard to the Sabbath. Number one. Let's look biblically, a, a biblical blueprint of the Sabbath, and then prayerfully look at practical ways to put rest in your life in a very restless world. So let's give a little biblical background. Uh, three scriptures, and uh, we're going to go through this quickly, but the first one is Genesis 2, 2 and 3. So follow with me. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and in their vast array by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing so. And on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating what he had done. So here's my question. 
Why would God need to rest on the seventh day? Do you think he needed to rest on the seventh day? He's God. So the only reason he rested is why? To set a model and a rhythm for us. All of creation needs rest. We are part of God's creation. And he said, you need rest. There's a reason you need the Sabbath. You need to create a rhythm in your life because your tendency is to always be moving forward, to pause and to realize in the stillness who's in charge. And guess what? It's not us. It's God. And God wants us on a regular basis to find that rhythm. Do you have that rhythm in your life right now? Seriously. Do you have rest in your life? And we're going to get deeper into that. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. This is Moses giving the Ten Commandments. And here's what he says. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all the work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, your male or female servants, your animals, uh, anybody, foreigners in your town, for in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. It's interesting, in the Ten Commandments, there's two of them that take 60% of the text. And those two are, remember the Sabbath and no graven images, no idols. Now, do those two connect? Absolutely. And here's why. Do you know what prevents us from actually taking rest in the Lord? Stuff. Possessions and positions. We're climbing the ladder. I got to work a few more hours. Um, man, if I could just buy this. I'll tell you what I'm so thankful that I did not grow up with because it is so addictive. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's called Amazon. Anybody ever heard of that? <laughs> Why? Because anything you think of, I wonder, like the other day, I wonder if they have a coffee machine that does, I mean, everything. And guess what they do? And I just kept scrolling down. And I know none of you do that. None of you get that itch to buy stuff and then let's just see what we got out there. And that's what happens is we take, we would say it's not idol worship, but what is idols? The idols in our life are the things we spend the most money on and time. So you just look at those things and say, are there things that are taking away from the Lord? So the Lord said, hey, if you pause every week and you really take a Sabbath and you worship me, guess what? Those things will come up and you realize my priorities are not where they need to be. There's, a, there's such a purpose behind those commandments. And then this text that we read this morning in Mark 2, 27 and 28, says very simply that God made the Sabbath for man. Man is not for the Sabbath. But then Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Here's what Jesus changed. Uh, if you remember last week, and I know all of you went home and listened to my sermon two or three times, but if you remember last week, uh, I talked about the fact that Jesus, when he had these conversations with the, with the religious leaders, the number one thing he argued with them about was the Sabbath. Isn't that interesting? Was the Sabbath. And why was that? Here's the number one reason. They completely lost track of what the purpose of the Sabbath. They were focused on all the laws that they had written of what you couldn't do. So, for example, my guess is you're not the only one. Some of you have grown up or have experienced a church one time or another 
that completely focus on all the things you can't do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That almost everything you talked about was what you couldn't do. What's that crazy uh, that instruction, uh, don't smoke or chew or date girls that do, something like that. So, I mean, we, we focus on all these crazy, crazy things. And it's very spiritual. You can quote. But I want you to think about how that happens in life. We just begin focusing on all the things you can't do. And they did that the Sabbath. They completely lost track. What's the purpose of the Sabbath? To draw closer to God and draw closer to one another. Instead, they made all these ridiculous rules down to things like uh, you could put a log in a fireplace, but you could only turn the log two times. You couldn't turn the log over three times. Okay, when you get that crazy, you got problems. And Jesus comes along, and what's he do with all those laws? He goes, lame. The Sabbath, the Sabbath is so I can reconnect with God and I can reconnect with others. And if I see a brother and he needs healing, I'm going to heal him on the Sabbath because that's what my father would want me to do. We can all find Sabbath in our lives, but let's not get legalistic with it. So what are some practical ways to find rest? Because let's face it, we all need rest in a restless world. And if you don't find rest, here's what happens. It's going to show up. Uh, believe it or not, it shows up sometimes in church. So I have a really unique perspective. Uh, for a few minutes every Sunday, I get to look out over all of you. And you know there are sometimes I know who's had a really rough week and who hasn't had enough sleep. You know how I know? Man, you are fighting it. I mean, it's like the eye, you know, you're kind of leaning over. And you're walking back, getting another coffee. Some of you just throw it in your face. I mean, it's hard. And it's hard, isn't it? Sometimes, and in the room in here, if you've noticed, sometimes it gets too warm. Am I the only one? Sometimes I want to sleep. Okay, I get it, okay? But her story about a guy, very sad story, uh, about this guy. He, there was this one minister, he kind of liked to hear him preach, but he had a drinking problem. Uh, and so one night he went out, and I mean, he got trashed, okay? And he got up feeling guilty, so he went to church, but he hadn't got any sleep. So about halfway through the sermon, he fell asleep and actually was snoring a little bit. And the minister was pretty upset. So he thought, I'm, I'm going to get this guy. So in a very soft tone, he said, if all of you would like to go to heaven, please stand up. So they all stood up. Of course, the poor guy that was drunk didn't stand up because he was unconscious. You know, so he's laying there. So then he raised his voice and he said, all those, and they whispered, are on the road to hell. Would you stand up? Well, he stood up. He stood up. He looked around. And he said, hey, preacher, I don't know what we're voting on, but it looks like you and me are the only ones standing. Yeah. <laughs> they laughed more first service. So I want to work on, okay. <laughs> now, here's the deal. We all know how important it is to build rest in our lives, but we also know how hard it is to put it in our lives. And I'll tell you, another reason we need rest is because life is hard. Isn't that true? I don't care what age you are right now. I don't care if you're 15 or you're 95. Would you agree? Life is hard. And not only is life hard, there are seasons in life that are harder than other seasons that just wear us down. Let me give you an example. Holmes and Raw, they have a, what they call a, a life stress inventory. Now, some of you may have heard of this. What they did is they took life experiences and they put a number to it. 
And they said, now, over the course of a full year, if you add these up, you can actually see what you're going through and the weight of what you're going through. For example, the death of a spouse, 100 points. Divorce, 73. Marital separation, 65. Um, major personal injury or illness, 53. So anyway, they, after all this counseling, they put these numbers together. Here's what they said. If you take one full year, so take the year either 1920 or 1921, and you go through that list, if it adds up to more than, if it adds up under 150, they would say you can manage that stress. But they said if it's between 150 and 300, now listen to this, there's a 50% chance you will have a health breakdown in a two-year period of time. If that number is over 300, it's a 75% chance you're going to have a major health breakdown in a two-year span. It's serious business. And if you look over these last couple of years, I guarantee some of you, you're over 300. Some of you are over 300 right now. And it's an honor that you're here right now because it's hard to be anywhere when you're struggling. And what we need is a Sabbath. We need to find times of reflection to allow God to work on us from the inside out. We need, first of all, to just learn how to rest. Psalms 23, 1 and 2. Read it with me. You've heard it many times. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Why do you think God maketh us lie down in green pastures? Because we don't do it on our own. You got to be intentional about Sabbath rest. Now, here's what I want to share with you that is a misnomer as far as I think the Sabbath today. Too many times people think Sabbath rest means you're going to have a full day, 24 hours, of nothing but restful activity, 24 full hours. When's the last time that's happened to you? That there was nothing scheduled, you laid in a hammock, and there was a cool breeze. That's just, that's just crazy talk, you know what I'm saying? So you hear somebody talk about Sabbath, you think, well, I can't even do that. What I'm sharing is you can find Sabbath time every week. You should intentionally look for time, even if it's a block of two, three hours, and say, I need to shut something down. I need to do something that's going to rest in the Lord, because if you don't, you will pay a price, I guarantee. That word relax, by the way, is a great word. Uh, relax or recreation means to restore, renew, refresh. What is it that restores and renews and refreshes you? Everybody's different, but you got to find those things. I'm telling you, you have to find those things. When I was growing up, I used to, they always thought I was being a smart aleck, but I really wasn't. My favorite, anybody know what my favorite class at school was? No, I loved lunch. It was PE. I love, Brad, I love PE. I'm a PE guy. And I remember, I didn't even know why. I loved, uh, I just loved going to PE and just cutting loose. Um, dodgeball, any, my, am I the only one? Awesome game. Anyway, you're pinned up, you're frustrated, and you can get out there. And you know what? We've lost PE in our lives. We've lost that time every day that we can just do something to unwind. Folks, if you don't start unwinding, again, you are going to pay a price. Second of all, you got to reflect. you got to learn how important it is, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, to reflect. 
It says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, I love this, freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Soren Kierkegaard, a theologian back at the turn of the 19th century, said this, if I were allowed to prescribe just one remedy for all the ills of the modern world, I would prescribe silence. Think about a world of silence. When's the last time you've had true silence in your life? Think about that. And we know how are we going to get the the reflection God's want without that, to be intentional, to be prepared. Here's what I mean by being uh, prepared. In the Old Testament, when they would have their Sabbath day, the night before they would start, the Jewish family, they still do this today, they would prepare whatever meal the night before they get it all ready. They knew exactly what was scheduled through the next day so that they didn't have that tension of trying to make decisions. And then during the Sabbath, they could relax more. Now, I don't know if you struggle with this. Uh, I'm just speaking on behalf of John Robertson and Marie, uh, is that we don't do a lot of prep on the, the night before on Sabbath. I mean, uh, other than I try to get a sermon done. I mean, it's not that, but here's what happens all the time. So Sunday, right after the service, uh, hey, so where do you want to go eat? I don't know. This happened last week. I'd like to go to Freddy's. My wife said, I don't think we are. So anyway, we go back and forth, you know, you ever do that? Well, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? And you go back. And, forth. and then when you get there, like, nah, I didn't think I'd like it. I mean, you, get, you, you just haven't even prepared. See what I'm saying? If the night before you were preparing for the Sabbath, that is a big deal. Saying, Lord, I want to be prepared for rest. I want to be intentional. And while I'm in this moment of rest, I need to reconnect with others. That's why it's so important as you are gathering together and you need to reconnect with God and be grateful for his creation and, this is a big one, salvation. You and I need to remind ourselves, just like the Hebrews who reminded themselves every Sabbath, do you remember what life was like when we were slaves? Do you remember how hard it, we need to remind, do you remember what life was like before Christ? Do you remember what your life was like without the presence of God? It's terrible. I'm so glad God's in my life, that we can focus on the blessings of God, and then we need to reconnect. We need to always find ways to reconnect with one another and draw closer to the Lord. And one of the ways that you do that, and we've shared time and time again, we'd love to see all of you involved on teams and life groups because we want you to connect with others. So when you're with your family or a small group on the day that you're kind of winding down, here's three questions I guarantee you'll have amazing conversation. And I call them the three Ds. Question number one is delight. What has brought you joy recently? Seriously, that's a big deal. We go through a week sometimes, and sometimes we never pause and say, wait a second, there actually were some good things that happened this week. Last night, uh, we had this amazing fundraiser. They raised over $1,300 for our young people to go to CIY. And um, my team won. It was a great time. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I didn't know you could buy. A, we basically bought the thing. But anyway, uh, we need to realize how important it is to, to share things we delight in. Drained. You need with friends to say, what is it right now in your life that's draining you? If it's the person next to you, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do this. But what's draining you? Seriously. What is it in life right now that's sucking the joy out of you? 
and then your dreams. You need somebody consistently to ask you, man, what are your dreams? I mean, is, is God working through those dreams? Are you disappointed? Where, where are your dreams? Where do you sense God's moving? And we need to share those things. We need community for two critical reasons. You need to realize when you're with others that you're not alone. Others have been where you've been and that you truly are blessed. That is a big deal. And then you need to rejoice. In this moment of rest, we need to take time to actually rejoice. Now, I want to close with this because this is so important of why we need rest. Because of what we're going through in life. This comes from, it's one of my favorite uh, Bible stories in Exodus. Uh, it's in Exodus 14. And Moses has, you know the story, he's led the Israelites and he's gone head to head against Pharaoh and he's had the 10 plagues and finally Pharaoh's had enough. He's lost his first son. He realizes this, this guy is, uh, this guy's being led by God and I cannot, I can't stand up against this guy and God. So he lets the Israelites go. You all know the story. So we don't know the exact number. Let's use the number a million. It's probably more. But let's say there's a million Israelites and now they're free. And then they start heading to the Red Sea. And I'm sure along that journey, it, it hit them after the adrenaline wore off. Hey, we're free. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going, what we're doing. And they get to the edge of the sea. And all of a sudden, they are crying out to Moses and complaining like, we're going to die. This is going to be just a huge graveyard. What, what's going on? And I'm sure they also started to mutter, it can't get any worse than this. And guess what? It got worse. Pharaoh decided, you know what? I'm going to just wipe them out. I'm going to send all the chariots and just wipe them out. I don't need them. And so as they're standing, they're terrified because they have no direction. All of a sudden, they can hear the chariots coming in the background. Now, folks, put yourself there. And you remember what Moses did in verses 13 and 14? I love this. Moses said, hey, I'm paraphrasing, but here's what he said. Listen, you need to understand something. God's going to show up here in an amazing way. And you don't want to miss the show. He's going to fight for you. He's going to fight for you. He has chose you. All you need to do, here's the key, is be what? Still. Now think how hard that would be to be still. You know they wanted to look at one another and start yapping right there. You know there was a guy going, I don't know about you, but I think I'm picking up some rocks, you know. Or the other guy's like, we're going to die, we're going to die. You know, there's always somebody losing their mind. And no, be still. It goes against everything in us. God's calling out to us today, be still. And here's why. Some of you, I guarantee, right now you're exhausted. I mean, you are exhausted. And some of you here are just weak. Physically, you're weak. You can't even think about rest because you haven't slept you haven't had a good night's sleep and who knows when. You get up, you're tired. You go to bed, you're tired. You don't want to stress and you don't want to worry, but whatever's going on in your life, it just keeps bearing down and then you don't know what to do. So here's what I want to offer today. And I think it's so important. In just a few moments, we're going to just have our worship time, but we're going to have a group of men. By the way, some of our men from Bible study, I like some other men, they're going to come over here and we've got some women that are going to come over here. And anyone that just needs to pray, like, hey, I just need a prayer of encouragement because right now I'm just kind of burnt out. Or I'm just really battling some anxiety. I need just somebody to pray with me. Or you may come and pray on somebody's behalf. 
There may be somebody right now, and you're thinking, I wish they were here right now. I wish I could encourage them right now because they are burning their life on both ends of the candle. They just can't find their way out, and you just need to pray on their behalf. We've got some folks to do that. And we want, we want you to know that this is something we want to start doing consistently is having more people to pray with more people because we're here for one another. So let me pray with you and then give you the opportunity to pray with others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we know how hard it is to find rest in an incredibly restless world. So Lord, this may be a time that there are folks that can start that first step of healing by just praying with another brother or sister in Christ. There may be somebody that's on our heart that's just struggling right now that their lives are just so full. They're exhausted and they're frail and we're worried about them. So Lord, instead of always taking it on ourselves, we need to start allowing you to take the burdens for us and there's no better way to do that than to pray. So Lord, in these next few moments, during worship, let us pray with one another, for one another. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.